0: Good evening, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to another exciting episode of Reel's Tennis Podcast. Today we won't be talking about Harry Potter stuff, though you people who are fans of ours, you should be listening to The Black Cauldron. Shame on you for those numbers that I'm seeing, but I know that you're secretly listening anyway. But today we're going to have a regular tennis podcast. Andreen is back with us today. Um, She is not doing the required reading for the Harry Potter podcast, so we... Had to sub her out But she's <laughs> here today And we're gonna have a wonderful time And we have a guest But I'm gonna save the guest for later I'm supposed to introduce my co is with the mostesses I am nothing without these I am nothing without these lady- ladies We have Andrine from Solely Tennis Travels How are you? Hello You need to become close to Andrine. I know you're feeling yourself <laughs> you you can't see it but she's like waving her blonde hair around she's just like feeling herself like
1: not even no Uh oh (laughs) come on you're extra
0: fancy these days it's okay
1: i am since i'm quarantined with my sister and she's a makeup artist she gets to play with me now because none of her friends can come close. So yes, that's what, that's what you're getting. You're getting her testing out her hair technique and makeup techniques.
0: So that might why. sound like she's complaining, but you should see her in the DM. She's feeling herself. We get all the exclusive pictures, and she's travel ready. Unfortunately, she can't travel. She looks oh, like she's ready to see the world, but you know, no more. She has to be at home, and I don't know when. Which it, it might just be. Um, Andrine, that's it. No, no you know what? Apparently travel. we could start just...
1: soon. Did you see? American Airlines is saying, Hey, we're gonna fill up our planes again. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> traveling can happen. And
0: then they, they were like, forget social distances, forget our protocol, just get on the bus. Okay, all right. <laughs> we would see in a month's time how those numbers <laughs> kinda <of> look. <love. laughs> oh, yes. And we have Janina from in Ohio. How are you doing, Janina?
2: I am well. I am well. I'm. I'm excited about this because I feel like I'm about to learn a lot.
0: Okay, but what we really want to know is your kid are still alive.
2: Um, he's alive.
0: Okay, he <laughs>
2: stayed up late with dad last night, so he's sleeping. So hopefully we won't hear him.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he's gonna come after that mom watch he, watch right. Right to eat. To lunch, and myself, real. But today. I'm not important. We have an exciting guest on with us today. We have Dr. Adia Benton, an associate professor. Um, She has a PhD in social anthropology from Harvard University 2009. And she's currently, I believe, is an associate professor, if I'm not mistaken. These things are very technical in the academic world. She is, yes, an associate professor at Northwestern University. In anthropology. She has been a visiting professor at Harvard Medical School. She started Brown. She started Oberlin. She started, she's a fellow at University of Minnesota. She has degrees from Brown University, Emory, Emory University, and Harvard University. A PhD in medical anthropology. Ma'am, welcome to the podcast. And I must say, you are an overachiever and we love it. But I mean, <laughs> you're making us, you know... Usually, we're just happy to get a couple of letters behind our last name, you know, instead of the usual period. But you have, you have an alphabet behind it, and we love it. Welcome to our realist Tennis Podcast, Dr. Benton. How are you?
3: I'm fine. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yes. So, you know, you have all of these degrees and whatnot, but the most important question when we're going to figure out whether or not you uh, can hang with us is, are you a Rafa fan? Are you a Federer fan or are you a Nolik fan?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I choose Rafa on this one.
0: <laughs> oh, two Rafa fans in a row! I don't know it's what we're all- doing. In the mortal world of Whitney Houston, it's not all right, but it's okay. <laughs>
3: Okay. I mean, my second choice would have to be Federer because me and me and Djokovic are not. we you know we're not doing that. we're not doing that this week. I'm sorry. I mean, I
0: agree. I mean, with all your degrees, though. I mean, some of his most rabid fans have degrees, have PhDs, and whatnot. You no, know, well, some people
3: like robots. So that's true. That's true. We can't. We can't pick our can't pick our
0: kin sometimes. Okay, so you know you can hang with us, ma'am. You can hang with us. It's very tricky, you know. We I mean, because if you were an only find out of me, that hell freezes over, and we're we're doomed now. We're, we're doomed. We're still holding so out
1: for twenty twenty. We're still keeping hope alive at twenty twenty. Rolls as maybe it's better. Maybe maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't
0: like that look on your face, Doctor Benjamin. <laughs> I don't like that look. <laughs> So, um, and you're the expert here, okay? We are usually the pessimists, you know, in the world. But if you have that look on your face, I don't know. So we basically, we invited you here to talk tennis, you know, because it's a tennis podcast. But to mainly, you know, pick your brain and, you know, to educate us because we are in the midst of a global pandemic in COVID-19. But you, on the other hand, you have expertise and you've written your first book. I didn't mention that. She is an author. She has written the book in published in 2015, HIV Except- Exceptionalism Development Through Disease in Sierra Leone. I know you're currently working on the second project, um, book project dealing with Ebola virus and you love global um, public health. Let me just say personally, I'm geeking out because you're here because you have thick all of the boxes that I'm interested in personally and academically. And you, so we are now in the midst of a brand new global pandemic, something I don't think the world has ever seen before in terms of usually when we've had pandemics in the past, they've been isolated in places. And usually they have been in the global south and, um, you know, in a quote unquote Africa, the diseases of pandemic proportion, the Spanish flu, et cetera, they have been isolated in the global, north, in the developed countries, or they have been spoken about in the dark ages of like the black plague, et cetera. So the world is basically, the, the developed world is seeing and dealing with a situation that they have, they thought was they're almost immune to, um, dealing with it. And interestingly enough, in, interestingly enough, to some respect, the global south is doing somewhat better with this disease than the global north. Um, so, Dr. Benson, the floor is yours, basically.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. You just, you covered so much, though. Um- so, I mean, I don't know what you're what you really want to know yet, but so I think one of the troubles that we're having in this state is you know obviously we're not we're not doing a very good job, and a lot of that has to do i mean so it has to do with kind of a longer term issue, and that longer term issue is i mean the way that we've talked about it amongst ourselves and people who work in public health and anthropologists who study health and health how health is governed is we have kind of ripped away or eviscerated our public health system. And the way it's organized is, you know, there's sort of a national agency that handles this stuff. And that sort of evolved over the course of 50 years during the Cold War and everything else. But then the, every state has a health department. Every major city should have like a robust health department in counties and so on. And so what we're looking at right now is our, our premier institution in Atlanta is not one that we can look to for advice, for our guidance. Um, or at least, and, and not even reliable data. Um, and then we have our states, which, you know, we're looking to that agency to help provide guidance. And so there were uh, quite a few states that I think uh, were late to the, to the charge, uh, you know, except the ones that kind of anticipated um, the the disease. So the ones that saw themselves as hubs from China. So actually, you know, I'm based in Chicago and one of the earliest case known cases was here in January. Um, and they kind of locked that down really quickly, but they didn't do all of the due diligence that's required. Like, how do you contact trace at this? How do you make sure that everyone's tested? Blah, blah, blah. So we've, we fa- basically have failed in a bunch of different areas. The first is coordination of information, coordination of response. Um, we failed in terms of setting up the response with respect to like contact tracing and testing and i'm sure you've heard all of this stuff like you've heard about all of these failures over the past few months so i won't rehash them
0: oh but... no that's fine because we've hardly <laughs> heard them from black people but also
1: what's interesting what's important for us too though is to understand like what are kind of like the bread and butter responses to right. a pandemic that so that the general public can understand it, right?
3: <laughs> right. And, well, I mean, the, I think one of the big challenges that we faced here, though, is it's new. Like, it's a brand new disease. And so we were doing a lot of our work, like, thinking about what disease it's like. So is it like the flu? Is it like other coronaviruses, like MERS, which actually also had us, you know, which is also a coronavirus and which also um, not devastated a region, but definitely kind of got People really thinking about new diseases and what their impacts can be globally. So, um, so the countries that have done really well were South Korea, Japan, even China. You know, for all of the the, the shit talking about China, they, mm-hmm. there was definitely so they made a lot of really smart moves very early on. And I think part of it can be attributed to the fact that they had they'd been the places where all of these sort of new viruses are emerging or new to human viruses are emerging. So what they did was they said okay, you know, let's do a regional shutdown. Let's really try to find out what this is. Let's let's try to figure out how it's transmitted. Um, let's try to figure out how long what the symptoms are. Let's, you know, so they kind of had to do the basic work of like epidemiology. What is this disease? Like how long is, are people infectious for? How does it spread and how would one prevent it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of started the, the move, once they were able to sequence it, they were able to come up with a good test and, and they set up their system around, around developing that knowledge, but also making sure that people didn't die. Now, the other question is like, how long did they know? What did they know? And then how quickly did that information filter up to the World Health Organization, which is essentially the global clearinghouse for, for I would say, infectious disease data. They also do a bunch of other things and they're not very well funded and they don't have a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of explains yep. why they were kind of like also scrambling to figure mm-hmm. out what the best approach was, what's going on, how do, we, how do we mobilize globally to be able to try to do this. Countries like the United States, many countries in Europe pay into that system and um, are the biggest donors, but they also are less beholden to the rules of that system. Yeah. And that's sort of true, Across the board, when it comes to UN stuff, that's sort of anyway, <laughs> right? There, yeah. I mean, it, it's always like, oh, we have these sustainable development goals that we have to, you know, it's going to be like about climate change, to be better, poverty alleviation, is going to be this. The US signs on to these things, but then they don't count themselves as people who need to measure mm-hmm. or to be held accountable, exactly. Right? <laughs> held accountable. We're
0: paying you, it's basically being paid to get out of our face, right. get out of my Just, face, okay? Let me do me, you know what I mean mean uh, well, to be the exception.
3: <laughs> yeah, and oh, we and also we we are the experts. Like we yep. are, we develop the metrics. Yep, we develop, and so that's kind of what I actually study, which is like, how do these institute, these powerful institutions establish an agenda, and then how do they, de- how to what extent do they direct their resources toward it, and who benefits, and it's very rarely the people that are named as beneficiaries, right? Mm-hmm. So it's. And so that's sort of the system that I look at, but I look at it in places where those systems have quite a lot of power. So I work in in Sierra Leone. I used to work in Nigeria, occasionally go to East Africa and um, Southeast Asia to think about these questions. So the COVID thing is interesting because it's like I said, it's a new disease. People are still learning about it. Um, That doesn't mean that we don't have models to follow. We have tuberculosis models, which is also a droplet infection and also kills a ton of people every year. Um, but it does have an effective treatment. Uh, we have SARS and MERS, and, and China's health system is basically built to respond to SARS. So it kind of had its reckoning back in 2003 about what, how do we what happens if another one comes up, a new disease comes up that, that's circulated by air and that moves a, a, through elite. Networks, which is essentially what COVID did, right? Like our earliest cases, at least Chicago Northsiders who were working in China, who had business yep. in China, they come back. Their partners are infected, then their kids, and their kids go to their schools on the North Side, and then blah blah blah, and and then but those same people also take the the L from the airport home. Uh-huh. <laughs> so everybody gets, you know. So it's sort of that's how this thing. Spreads it spreads through spread at least in these sort of global elite networks, and sort of filtered out into um, what I would say more marginal or general population. Um, it's true even in the African setting, or especially in the African setting. So you haven't seen a lot of cases in Sub-Saharan Africa yet, and my sense is that the early it's because these earlier cases were people who were who were circulating. Moving so moving to Europe, so I think the first case in Mozambique was the mayor of Maputo had gone to the Commonwealth meeting in in England, sat with prince, whichever prince had it, and it kind of created, that sort of started that thing. This guy has to go to a, a wedding, and then everything sort of spreads that way. That's how, the same, yeah.
0: The same thing in the Caribbean um, as well, where the cases that mostly were people traveling, And the the islands that had a much more busy international hub, they saw larger numbers, particularly those that they're still connected to directly, as in Martinique and Guadeloupe, connected to France there, they had high numbers because travel back and forth is um, relatively easy and so common.
1: Exactly. So basically, what you're saying is that theoretically, I'm the kind of person that would have moved this thing around because I was doing <laughs> my solely tennis traveling. That yeah,
3: very much. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah. was, you know, I was saying I was in Switzerland in uh, December and got pretty sick, and I was like, you know, I, I went to all of these restaurants, um, and this, you know, Geneva is a very international city. Pretty much everybody in that restaurant had been somewhere else you
2: know
3: and including me and so i was um thinking oh i wonder if that sickness was just me being jet lagged or was it me having some kind of respiratory infection related to all of the people that i came in contact with you know i gave a talk in a room that maybe seated 40 or 50 people um and so <laughs> you know, I was, yeah, I'm supposed to be in Baku next week for, for Euro, twi- Euro 2020, did not make it, I'm not going to make it, because Azerbaijan is closed. <laughs> but, you know, to your point though, I think what's
1: so, int- what's noteworthy about this idea of kind of the elite spread is that we've so quickly abandoned just even the understanding of that and begun to sort of blame the people who currently have COVID.
3: Oh, absolutely, and I mean, but that's also so. That's sort of like the stamp, the sort of bed, bread and butter discussion of, of by medical historians and anthropologists who study uh, medicine, health, and epidemics is there's always a layer of blame. Yep. Like blame and accountability are central, and and if it's not, you know, the government, right? It's it's the people who are perceived to be um, the risk group, right? Mm-hmm. Or or they the people who have suddenly become risky and it's not the elites anymore it's oh it's black and brown people oh, black.
0: oh, i can't even so many times i'm walking in the street and see a white person without a mask on as soon as they see me wearing a mask they decide to put their hand in their pocket which is all uh, been dirty from covid in the air whatever and put a mask just put the mask up to their face and i'm just like boo you are the risk factor right now not me <laughs> Like, <laughs> but it's, you know that's it's interesting that happens
1: that happens i noticed that and i wonder if there's a kind of you're right maybe there's an internal is they that we are the risk group so when i'm walking i'll notice people at a distance will not have their mask and then they'll come closer to me and they'll quickly put it up and i'm i'm want to be generous and say okay well you're thinking about me now <laughs> but no i'm sure no, no.
0: and this happened as soon as you're the first the week when the when the information came out that when people were pushing for the numbers and saying oh, well clearly because we know America, because one of the reasons why people ask for race numbers is because we know this is America. This is a public health pandemic. We don't have free health care in America. And we know that black and brown people are marginalizing the healthcare care industry just getting any kind of care. So yeah. they would have been like, supposedly, like, we would be the people to push on the chopping block. Everyone was talking about age factor.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: as America noticed one thing that immediately was just like, this was not attacking older people. This was attacking working-age people, right. particularly in New York. And as soon as that first information, when the numbers came out, oh, my God, this is disproportionately affecting black and brown people. And I was I was shocked that the news took this up because, generally, the news don't like to look at race, race and ethnicity numbers about because right. they could put this you on anything, right? Education, they could do this with travel, uh, money, economic. They, ne- they, they shy away from this bit of the story. But they put this up big and bold, and that very first week, I noticed people started doing that to me. This man was walking about. I'm in Brooklyn Heights. He put up a mask on his face, and I was just like, "Bro, like, you didn't care about walking around all the other places like that." I'm just like, "Okay, that's you do whatever feels comfortable for you." But you know, that's, that's how all science works. But okay, you do you. But but it, I and it, well, I think you, it'd be,
1: what, what, it. One second, um, wheels. What, what what do you think is fascinating about it? Dr. well
3: I'm so part of me is so there's a part of me that can see that happening because that you know when Asian when when Asian Americans or a- people of Asian descent were suddenly oh this is about Asia this yep. movement of disease by Asia it people were very much targeted Asian people were being targeted yeah or a visually appearing you know f- uh, Asian people there's this other um piece though that I'm thinking about because I I run outside and um, I actually had my tennis lesson before this, <laughs> which I, I which I have lots to say about. Um, yep. But
0: you're in the right you
3: know, place. I, <laughs> I know it's so <laughs> funny. And so I was thinking about how when I see people on the street and I'm not and I'm running and I tend to not run with a mask, if I see them like 30, 40 feet away, that's when I start to make my way. I try to avoid people. Because I'm like, if I happen to have it, I don't want anybody to get sick Um, or vice versa. I don't want Mm -hmm. anybody to feel the need to like hold their breath or put on their mask or whatever. But I also have moments where I put my mask, like, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. mostly because I'm I am trying to be generous about other people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if even if it's it's either other people and trying to prevent the spread or, or preventing the spread between us but also other people just sort of modeling the right behavior,
2: right? Yep. (laughs) Well, when you talk about, so that's important. You talk about modeling the right behavior. Can you talk about your experience of dealing with pandemics around the globe as opposed to what's happening here when we have an administration who isn't leading by example? We have a president who will not wear a mask. What effect does that have (laughs) on how everybody is behaving? yes (laughs)
3: i mean we're lucky that there are a lot of people who think he's an idiot so um that (laughs) helps that helps but um i you know i it's there's that piece that that sort of modeling piece but it's all the other stuff right so he's he's very much about he's never really been good about information good information right he's he's definitely one who likes four
0: sentences is too much four sentences is limit.
3: He tried, right. It's like he, he sort of confusion is a part of his ruling strategy. Yep. And overwhelming people with information and, and winging it is a part of his thing. <laughs> he doesn't like to be thoughtful. And, it, you know, and, and so his entire approach, uh, Pence's approach, Um, The head of the CDC's approach, the Surgeon General's approach, all of these people who've been brought together as a part of this task force have done a terrible job communicating very basic health messages. And it's and, you know, so we need a national strategy, yes, but we also need regional, state, county and city ones as well. And I think, again, if I didn't live in Chicago, I wouldn't feel this as acutely. Because I know that there are def- different levels of governance that will that should produce results. So, for example, the city of Chicago has a very has a pretty robust health department compared to like other cities. Um, it's probably even more robust than our state's
2: <laughs> health yeah. department.
3: Now, this is the same uh, administration that could send out an emergency alert for uh, to lock us into the city or keep us from getting on public transportation during protests, protest, but can't submit, put out an emergency alert telling us where to get tested, yep. telling us what to do if we get sick, telling us h- how we should access services, should we need to be isolated, all of these things that are supposedly in place, but cannot be accessed because of poor leadership. And I'm talking about at the city level. So imagine that at the sort of federal scale. So what I was going to say about like, so, you know, this is a pandemic, it's the first in a while, HIV was one. Um, we also had new disease, people not knowing how to characterize the risk and people knowing not, not how, to, how not, not they, people not knowing how to avoid or, or or harm or minimize harm at first, but that information evolved, you know, people began to know more and communicate more. And we also pushed we, I say we, even though I'm way too young to have been one of the people who pushed for changes in regulatory frameworks and stuff like that. But that's why we have these sort of, we have the ability to speed things through regulatory processes, like the vaccines that we're looking at right now. Yeah. Uh, that's why we have the, the possibility of drugs that can go from being tested in, you know, March to being possibly used as the therapy at the end of the year. So anyway, uh, during Ebola in West Africa, and as you probably know, there, there, there's another Ebola outbreak in Congo, one that just ended and one that's starting up. Um, what we know from those outbreaks is that uh, early community engagement is important. So, and really being able to try to communicate risk, but also setting up, um, making sure that you've set up your system such that people are able to access it and people want to access it very early on. Mm. So one of the things that I, I fault are various levels of government for, um, I think Washington state is very different. I think California is slightly different. Washington state is sort of, I'd say the, the paragon for this because they actually tried to develop a test very early.
1: Yep.
3: They were mm-hmm. tests and they were testing people um, who, were, I guess, suspected flu patients, but yeah, could actually right. diagnose with flu. And so they actually did, they did, they already had stuff on the ground that allowed them to be able to, to sort of expand their ability to trace contacts, to test people, all of that very early on. Of course, they were still in lockdown for Months just like the rest of them, <laughs> <laughs> but they had all of these other things in place. The people who made it difficult for them to do that stuff; those are the people who ended up causing trouble. So again, community engagement.
0: I mean, the people with guns and the ineffective. Yeah.
3: The, so the federal government, government the federal government actually was butting heads with um, yeah with the state over the tests that they were creating over the mechanisms that they were using because they were not approved by the federally. federal
2: mm-hmm.
3: So this actually caused some trouble. Okay, so um, community engagement, very important. It's not that the Afri- the West Africans that I'm talking about did it right the first time, but the lesson was learned. Yeah, um, And one of the things that also worked really well was when communities got the information And folks were going door to door and saying things like, you know, here here are things you need to know. You need to wash your hands. Here's some chlorine. Uh, If somebody gets sick, you do not want to touch them. You do not want to touch any of the things that they touch. Here are some gloves. You know, so there's a kind of these are the facts, but these are the things that you do with those facts. So we now have an emergency number. You can call it. And when you call it, someone should come to your place, pick the person up, assess, the, assess them for possible Ebola. Um, that person will then be isolated for, until they get their test done, and so on and so forth. And so there was a, there's a system in place. And that system needed to be explained to people so that they would, again, want to go, but also um, felt safe doing so. Like, in, in Isn't person. it true?
2: isn't it true that a lot of that system was put in place from people that the United States sent, they helped implement all of these things. So I'm wondering why is it so difficult for us to bring that back home?
3: Right. So some of it was, yeah, for sure. Um, and the U S and the UK, Uh, to some extent, France, I always side eye France. But um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the so yes, the emergency operations centers were things that absolutely um, look like what happens in the CDC when there's a all hands on deck kind of notice. So it may very well be I actually haven't talked to my friends at the CDC in a while, but um, it very well may be that they have an emergency operations center right now. But that. It, but, that nobody, but it's not being utilized. <laughs> or, or it's so, being used, but it, it may not be. You know, maybe they're all having to do it by Zoom.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. So maybe they're having to do. So there are a bunch of things. So I happen to know that that's the CDC people who are experts feel like they are being held back. Yeah. Um. So I definitely got that sense. Um. There are other. So yes, I mean, I yes, you're right. Many of the models that are being used throughout the world are ones that are created in Geneva, Atlanta, London. They are. Um, but I actually also want to say that a lot of the things that worked in places like Liberia and Sierra Leone were local initiatives. Okay. So two, that's a two-pronged thing. Yes, the, the technical dimensions need to be there, You do need hundreds of thousands of people who will actively be tracing contacts. You need places where someone can isolate should they need to be able to isolate. You need to be able, I mean, South Korea just made a ton of masks for people. Singapore just made a ton of masks for people and and handed them out very early on. Mm -hmm. They said, and if you're sick, this is the place you need to go to. If you don't have an extra room in your house, here is the place. And I will tell you something, Chicago actually has a similar thing, but
2: nobody knows
3: about it.
2: That's sad.
1: So So nobody knows. So so it sounds to me, though, doctor, what you're saying is that there are systems that are currently in place in the United States to take advantage of all the lessons that we have sadly had to learn. (laughs) But we just don't have a we don't have a unified message about it. and it's and it it doesn't flow from the top all the way down because one of the things i think about you say washington state and california and to some extent some other states are probably a little bit doing as best as they can but it feels like on some level that they can't go it alone right it feels like now because now as i look at the the sort of let's reopen they set parameters for reopening didn't meet the parameters and then still kept trying to do it because it's like this, it's almost like you feel like you're working against the grain because there isn't a central message that says you have to do this.
3: Right. That, I mean, I think that's what it is, is there's no, there's no coordination. Yeah. And co- and, and one of the other things, it's funny too, to think about this, um, before the, during the Ebola outbreak in the democratic Republic of Congo, the one in uh, the Kivu region, in the Eastern part of the country, uh, a woman I know who's she's an expert in coordination, which, you know, I bet you don't even know that those existed, but they, they are. <laughs> um, which means that they basically get all of the agencies working in a place um, to do all the work together. And, <laughs> you know, you're like, wait a second, that sounds really basic, but it's not for some <laughs> reason. Um, and we don't have that. Le- but so they do this in war zones. They do this in humanitarian emergency operations. They do this even in develop, in the development sector. You know, They sit down and have meetings and try to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And that's technically what that group that Pence is, ahead of, is head of is supposed to be doing. It's supposed to be coordinating yep. with state health departments. It's supposed to be coordinating with regional. And so there are some of these states that actually form regional coalitions so they could make those decisions. Yeah. You know, so Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, were like, "Yeah, let's talk about the fact that people move be between our states, states and actually yeah. try to think about what that looks like." Um, that's why Massachusetts said, "Hey, let's really develop a robust contact tracing network that will allow us to to really get down and find get down and find out who is sick, who needs help, and link them up with services, and make sure that they're tested and make sure that they're cared for." Um, and I think that's one of the things that we also should, be, should have learned and continue to learn from these uh, epidemics elsewhere, which is coordination is key, but also starting from a position of care. Yeah. Um, really thinking about meeting people where they are, understanding what their fears are about, you know, the, the intervention apparatus, but also their fears about the disease, their fears about accessing the services and interacting with systems that haven't been serving them well. Um, so I think that's sort of the, the big picture. And that's something I definitely would say was a lesson learned from say Sierra Leone, which is, do, did people really want to be under state surveillance? Yeah. Um, did they want to, did they feel like restrictions on their movements, if, that, that they could balance their need to you know pay the bills, their need to provide for their families with this restricted mobility? And then what What would the benefits in the end, is it worth it to send a loved one to a hospital where you know they're going to die and you won't see them again, as a result of like all of the, the restrictions on who can come to the hospital and whether you can touch the body or, or see even see the person buried.
0: We can't put ourselves in this situation. Like they almost have to reimagine a whole new apparatus that accounted for for lack of a better word, white people and white sensibilities, that to put um, the United States and Europe under these kind of conditions where you're gonna have contact tracing, we're gonna have to basically speak to people where they are, and, you know, put austerity measures, and, you know, um, also you have this quarantine and lockdown. It's like the audacity, and God forbid, wearing a mask is seen as basically putting people in ball and chain. So, I mean, it all seemed to have us out of a, because it, cause for me, I'm just like, it's science though. It's talking about being, keeping people alive.
3: Public, global health comes from, international health, which comes from tropical medicine, which is essentially, I mean, some people will dispute this, but this is my shtick. I say this to all my students. Um, And tropical medicine is colonial medicine. You
2: know? yes, so any
3: ki- So any kind of. Many of the, the devices, or many of the techniques, or technologies—I'm calling them technologies—the things that we are used to doing in public health are reflected in that colonial heritage, which does space does think of space as risky and does think of certain geographies. So I'm, and let's put it even more simply: yes, places where Black people live are. Um, disease or disease. And, and and pose a threat to white bodies and I'm, and and white people by extension so that is sort of the essence of the tropical me- of tropical medicine which is how do we make the environment hospitable to white settlement um and so you know that meant well, do we have to live high at higher elevations so that the mosquitoes don't give us malaria and typhoid? Are we going are we going what are we going to do? or yellow fever? Um,
0: you were speaking on um tropical medicine and the whole um, medicine um, work, but it's interesting because in the Caribbean, persons studying medicine, um Caribbean nationals who were studying medicine, they were studying tropical medicine, mm-hmm. and it was almost uh, impossible for them to even go to developed countries to practice medicine even though we were talking about the bodies and it's only recently where students who didn't get into the american students who didn't get into the top schools here in united states can study in medical schools in in the islands and around the world because in the past they will just basically boo that's not going to happen you can go there but guess what you won't work in a hospital anywhere in the united states so it's rather interesting to see that um that this is this is a thing that's been going back since colonialism, um, well, since Christopher Columbus, we should say. Uh, <laughs> these sort of ideas and how it it affects, it plays out in such a mundane level as healthcare of the just ordinary citizen that this drives policy. That policies, in fact, were built around racist and colonial principles. And for us to even move forward into the future and even be better, we have to uproot these systems which have long been embedded in our head, because Andrean pointed out, this is almost psychologically frightening to think, like, you know, how do we, and we have a global pandemic, which is affecting everyone, how do right. we, how are we going to move forward in this place, in this it's, space, really?
3: I mean, I hope we, I hope we are going to be able to, I mean, you know, I was also thinking about the fact, I, one thing I also wanted to point out is uh, contact tracing It's funny to see it as a main people talking about it as a mainstream thing, but it's also like this interesting little bread and butter thing. Um, If you have any, so for example, if you have one of these notifiable conditions, like, you know, a sexually transmitted infection, like gonorrhea, people there's partner notification. Yeah, you know, like that has been in place. In place. That has all been I mean, in place. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like people know, like there's a thing. People know about that. Yeah, you can call. They will give you. A, you have to give them a list, and they call people. Um, so we have, we have a, we have a protocol. We have a. We have ex- <laughs> you know. We have experience. This is not
0: a lot of this but is that- new stuff. But then again, that contact tracing that we know about, it's for marginalized community, right? This is for people who particularly, it would be the LGBTQI community or sex workers they would probably be thinking about. We don't think of contact tracing for the normative, you know, Anglo-Saxon white male. You know, that's, who is in I mean, the power structure. Like, can you imagine a CEO saying that he has to give his contact information to the people he's come into contact with because of COVID-19? He's gonna be tr- like, that is this disinformation.
3: It's, it's a funny thing. Being being subject to pub sort of public health surveillance or or surveillance by the state, I think is yes, very uneven. Um and there are, but, you know, there, I, I was just thinking about the guy who had tuberculosis. Remember him uh, from, it was years and years ago. He had uh, what they call multi-drug, extra drug resistance tuberculosis. So yeah, I he remember
1: that. It, yeah, yeah, he, it had to be, like, locked down. People had to make sure he, would do that. What? Well, he,
3: he was on his honeymoon or whatever. He, like, went to South Africa. He went to Italy. He did all the stuff. And it ended up causing this huge thing, you know, because people were like, did he get, you know, they were trying to trace the whole seating arrangement on the plane, like who would have gotten, come in contact with him? Because it's notoriously hard to treat. Um, It's And so people were really concerned about it, but that kind of person not only raises (laughs) international alarms because of the person's sort of elite status, but it also creates a, a fundamental challenging of these systems that are very much about sort of um about surveillance and about following people and about getting their information so people actually have to trust that that information is going to not be used against them in various ways Um, i was listening to an interview with the icelandic group that was doing contact tracing there i don't know if anyone heard that story but they talked to this guy he basically helped to create this app You know, Iceland has a few hundred thousand people, but they trust that their government isn't going to like try to sell their name or use their use their information for something nefarious. I think that's one piece. But and and the and the person who created the app said that. He said the app is not the thing, it's a tool that we're using to help people remember where they were on the day that they sick. We only want the information so that we can help, so that we can build make sure that that person is adequately cared for. And again, they led with care. They led with rapport. They led with with how do we interact with or engage with this person such that they are able to keep themselves safe but also make sure that their families and that their neighbors are safe. And and so Again, that's what we're always butting up against is the extent to which people are going to be willing to engage with these systems and recognize them as systems of care and not ones of marginalization or stigmatization or any of those things that I think are built in.
1: And I think that that's a fair point. And I, I'm, you know, I was listening to you speak at another um, in another talk, and you talked about sort of the three kind of models that are kind of floating out there, right? You've got the Chinese model, and you've got the Taiwanese, South Korea, which is kind of people are like, Oh, my God, those are democratic countries, too. Why couldn't we? And then you've probably got something like what the US and the UK tried to do. <laughs> and Sweden. 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 Sweden, too, right? <laughs> uh, which is kind of like, let's just wait and see what happens, maybe. Um, but one of the- the points that i was curious about was this idea of um in the isolation question about sort of how the taiwanese sort of approach it as like well let's isolate some people um and then with the chinese it's like let's close down a region maybe and then potentially um maybe expand that but with the U.S., th- we went to sort of this absolutist model right away. That was the first step. Yes. And so once you start there, it feels really difficult to go anywhere else, right? What, you know...
2: <laughs> Absolutely,
1: <laughs> And those yeah. places
0: also provided social services. They had a social service apparatus in place so right. that you could stay in place. They didn't say, well, they we got to go out for groceries. You got to go out if you're a essential worker. <laughs> you got to go outside.
1: Well, yeah, sit- I, so I... I'm just, I'm much, I'm kind of curious, though, about kind of the trajectory, given the US's system, given the kind of limit, given the sort of limitations based on the fact that there isn't a really functioning public health system in the US, um, or a robust one. Would it like, w- what could have been a model that we could have imagined, given sort of the dynamics that's, are pl- that's playing out now people's sort of ideas of liberty and all of that?
3: Right. And so I think that's the thing Is is, okay, so I would, I would even say, our our health, our public health system is fragmented. Yeah. um, In the sense that there are some places that actually are better equipped than others. Yep. Because of how they've prioritized. That said, we could always be spending more money on public health and less money on the police. Thank you. So now we're kind of. (laughs) So um, we are. So I would, if the way that I imagined it is Mm -hmm. that we start, if we had started with a a regional approach that looks like the Chinese approach. And so so what if Washington, Oregon, um, California, California, New York, New Jersey, I mean, and and actually Chicago, I I am actually thinking in terms of the hubs that had those Mm -hmm. earlier cases. So what if those actually were the places that we initially started? um, Not So one of the things we can't do is we can't do we're going to shut everything down indefinitely. Yeah. Like, I think that was the big problem, and I think you're right. So what we say in this case is, okay, we're actually going to shut down for two weeks or three, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But the understanding is in that two to three weeks, every single person, we will have had something happen where we have tested, (laughs) we we have screened, we have developed a, a system like, yes, how do we, is there an isolation? Is there, are there hotels that we could fund? Whatever. Is there, can we give people certificates and blah, blah, blah? Or we say, we're going to be closed for two weeks. Here's your, you need to go get your food. If you don't have food, here is, you know, here is your gift certificate, whatever. And then you're done. Two weeks, everybody's down. You do all of the net, all of the stuff that you have to do you actually do all of the setting up the contact tracing, setting up the isolation unit, setting up a, a financial sort of social safety net and so social safety net for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's what you do first. Then you ha- when you handle those major areas, you try to roll out and make sure that your data and testing stuff mechanisms are up and running for those other states, because you do know that nursing homes, hospitals, prisons, jails, are going to be your problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Because these are the places where they're spreading in China, that's, but these are also places where we know the confinement is happening. So we learned about person-to-person spread somewhere in January, right? That's when the evidence was happening. It's not gonna be just animal to person. It's, that's not what's happening here. When China shut everything down, that was the message. Hi, mm-hmm. people are pre- spreading this person-to-person. Health mm-hmm. workers are getting sick. So, that, so that's what I, I would have done, a regional rollout of those measures that allowed for development of actual systems to address the questions of testing, contact tracing, isolation, and social the sort of social safety net. Then after it's piloted in those regional hubs, you set your in that time where you're setting that up, you're also rolling out the same mechanism in places that you know are going to be high risk.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Or, again, nursing homes, prisons, jails, whatever. Then you start to think about schools. Even though they were like, oh, kids can't get... They knew that kids could get sick. They knew that kids... They just didn't know whether kids were driving the epidemic. Mm-hmm. They didn't know if schools were sites for, that were accelerating or amplifying transmission. So now that you know that children are being infected, you know that those, and, pe- and the households are your other kind of like ve- vectors or whatever of infection, you say, you screen schools. Anyone in your house been feeling like, has anyone, you know, whatever, and you yeah. start that. Go to places that you know people are, <laughs> that people absolutely access, that people have an opportunity for transmission, and you start working from there. We did it
2: all wrong. And we did they're... nothing. <laughs> well, we I mean, sent people home,
0: home and did nothing.
2: And, and- we actually, we actually did do some things because I, I work in this in healthcare, but people because people don't trust what you're gonna do with that information, they lie, and I saw every day from the beginning. We screened every patient. We had a list of questions. They were screened on the phone. They were screened when they were. Sc- when they were scheduling, they were screened when they came in the building and they lied because they didn't, every people, first of all, are selfish. So they want to come in and get the care that they think that they deserve because they're better than everybody. And they're always the most important person always. That's how, that's just how patients think, but they lied to the screeners and then they go in and talk to the doctor and boom, all of a sudden, you have all of these symptoms. You've, then everybody's panicking because of course they weren't wearing the correct PPE because we don't have it. Mm -hmm. But we're trusting that people are telling us the truth about what their symptoms are. So they come in, they lie, then they get in a room with a physician and an assistant, and then they're sick. And then you've exposed all of those other people. So it goes back to what you were saying about trusting that you're going to do the right thing with the information. Because there were some spots where we were trying to do this early, but it just wasn't working because people just have this inherent lack of trust for the government and for authority.
1: I don't really know if it's, I think it depends on who you're working with, though, because I, I could see, like, if you think about who's doing the asking, like in many communities here in LA, you've got promotoros who are like trusted folks who have long-standing relationship with the community, and you can engage people in that task where there is, where, where there is trust. Right. And I think the assumption is like, yes, maybe you coming into a formal doctor's office is different. That's a big problem anyway. But I think you yeah. can work with mechanism where there's a higher degree of trust Mm -hmm. and um um, and also in a school district too i mean depending on what's going to happen you're more likely to tell a teacher something than you would maybe somebody else so i think it's really about sort of engaging and being thoughtful about who can ask certain questions who's likely to get a truthful answer and 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 activate some of those systems
3: right Um, i also think um the question of trust isn't just about trusting institutions or individuals, but trusting that they will do something that aligns with what you think they should be doing. Yeah. And so um, what I do know about, I mean, I know this about the US, but I also know it about other places, is you're right, there have to be people. So th- I think one of the problems here too is the distinction between public health and healthcare. Mm-hmm. So, um, the health, the, the doctor's encounter, the clinical encounter, I think, is is the next, is even the next step. Um, one of the things that we've been concerned about, there are, so there are quite a few people who will, I won't say will never encounter the APTA encounter, uh, have a clinical encounter around this disease. Um, but there are a lot of people who, um, there, there, are, there are going to be a bunch of people who will have to stay home. There are going to be a bunch of people who are going to, or who may experience Minor symptoms or be spreading before they're experiencing anything, and so it, it really requires a system that addresses the information first. That mm-hmm. addresses the "what do you do" part of things um, when, if you were to experience this, and then what will happen should you encounter have to encounter a clinical space, or right. should you encounter, and so one of the things that wasn't in place is that we didn't have all of the stuff in place to be able to say definitively, yes, you know, when you get tested, we're going to, we're going to try to do something for you. (laughs) We're going to make sure. And you know
2: what we are, we are what almost six months in, and we still can't answer those questions.
3: Right. We don't. I, I'm shocked. I have a friend who works for the city and she was like, I, and she's a top, like an official person working at the top levels and she's like, I still don't know where the testing centers are.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: She, she was, she, we had to go, we, we, we went to a researcher who had been doing this and he was like, yeah, I've basically been, my research assistants have been Googling and watching the news
2: mm-hmm. and
3: adding things to the list.
2: I did that yesterday, yesterday. I (laughs) had to get someone tested and I had to Google because I didn't have the information that I should have to tell them what they needed to do.
3: Like a list,
1: imagine. It doesn't exist. And we could even put it, you know, you might even pick it up at the post office or a local store you go to. So let's, so in light of this, let's make a little, let's let's do a little transition. If we think about how tennis, let's move into our space that we love. If we think of tennis as the space where they 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 took a decisive step. Indian Wells said absolutely. And now we are um three months out and we've had the Adria tour. First <laughs> so, of, all, the COVID. of all, I,
2: let's, let's travel the Balkans.
0: Let's, I, I just want a, a, to say that Indian Wells has and an Indian Wells and Miami has come off looking with time. They have aged well to make them seem to, that they were brave. They weren't brave. They were, they were, they were getting slacking on pop social media. And Miami waited to the very last minute. The only reason why Miami decided couldn't go on is because the idiot in chief said Europeans can't come here. And people had to skulk to get out because they were afraid that they would have been stuck in United States. And, and
1: ironically, he- it was Novak Djokovic who led the charge on a flight out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let it not be said that he is not—he's unaware of a risk <laughs> <laughs> on some level. Um. <laughs> so, so yeah, i you know—so th- Let's start with what everybody's thinking about the Adria tour. <laughs> and there have been some defenses of it, which is this idea, which is one that we spent quite a lot of time talk- talking about. I'm which sorry is- you
0: can't see, Doctor. <laughs> I <laughs> know. <I'm laughs> gonna- no,
1: but I mean, like, so we, we could. So let's. I'm going to try to be reasonable. So let's say I
0: knew she would have been that person. Right? I know. I'm going to be I- the. I person knew it would have been.
1: be reasonable, but the thing is, okay, we've just spent a good chunk of time talking about general confusion, right? Confusion at the government level, what what have you. That has been the rationale for why the Adria tour was allowed to go. Serbia was different. The Balkans was different. Could you give <laughs> us all that, please? Could you help us understand what that <laughs> rationale is going
3: <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, is, like, how could they be protected? I mean, there's nothing. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that. I actually, I probably should have looked at the, the numbers for, I, maybe I should, I could look now. Um, because there are, let's look at their COVID numbers.
1: What do they I, look
0: like? Did I you looked, look? I did. I did. Look. Their I, numbers
1: were very modest, but the one thing that was noteworthy is that one day, 4,000 plus people were suddenly healed and better. Right.
0: Because what happened was,
1: it was based on the fact that I think they were doing two negative tests initially. You had to have two negative tests to confirm that you were COVID-free. And then, mysteriously, they shifted it in the middle that you had to have one negative test.
0: And what was happening is that an immunologist was there just like, what are y'all doing? There is something wrong with these numbers. And knowing the history of the Serbian government and how, uh, well, not even the history of the Serbian government. Almost every single government in lockstep did this thing where they were bobbing and weaving and pretending that this thing wasn't real. That, you know, everyone, every single government, I'm almost sure, pretended in some capacity, whether to the people or to the general public or to the international world, that this disease wasn't so real. And the only thing you had to fear was fear itself. And, you know, <laughs> I hate those words so much.
1: Oh, my God. I- do, you know who, do you know who just said that? Oh God! You know who? who? The, no, the they former, said that. No, no, no. The for, the former New New
3: England Patriot uh, just said that. Tom. Tom Brady. Oh, bro.
2: Tom Brady! Tom.
0: Oh
3: God! Tom oh, Brady. Jesus. Tom, Tom Brady is literally the last person that I want to hear <laughs> say that... anything about
0: science or um, <laughs> anything.
3: because is... I literally <laughs> quoted that. <laughs> He, he was just like, that
0: sounds really smart. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's <laughs> one of those things that really sounds smart, but to an English major, you're just like, what the fuck is this? It just makes no sense. Like, this is stupid. But, I mean, so the Serbia had that, that issue. So there was, there was already, I mean, to, to, to speak of general confusion, I wouldn't say that there was general confusion in Serbia. That the impression I was getting was that people recognized that in most places that people on the ground knew that the situation... Seemingly far worse than what the public was willing, to, what the government was willing to admit publicly. That people knew this, and then experts were also saying this. Because if you remember specifically when Nole brought up when Nole was having an initial stage of the um, quarantine, Nole started to spout his anti-science, anti-vaccine situation. The Serbian health minister was just like, um, "Bro, no, no, you you can't do this. Do not say this. This is not okay. I know he's a hero, but." This is not. This is not. This is not kind of statement you should be saying publicly. And we sort of have to depart your ways. I think he was reprimanded. He was. Um, he got into some level of. Um, there was issue around this because Nole is a big deal in Serbia. I mean, I don't think people understand. Like he is a huge, huge deal. There will be a monument of Nole in the town square, in, in, in Belgrade Square. It
3: will have oh, more personality so that
0: than... That is true, it but it goes, is a thing. I hope it has an RF logo.
1: <laughs> will, we, will, we, will, we, will we be marching to tear that <laughs> monument down 100 years
0: from now? That would be weird. I'm sure people <laughs> there would want to do that, you know, but so in, in light of all of this thing happening, you know, the Adria tour popped up and I mean... Look, I'm just going to say this. I'm no no Noli fan. I I was pissed about the anti-vax situation. I hate anti-science people because they can't bring any proof for their anti-science-ness. But that's, you know, (laughs) a whole other conversation. But if you look at the pictures for the Adria tour, you can't tell whether it's 2020, 2017. You You think we are in December, basically. Because you don't, you cannot imagine that this is six months into a global pandemic when no one, basically, no country, every country that reportedly in the beginning said we have a handle of this situation, are now scrambling in the back. Singapore, Beijing is about to go on lockdown again. Like no one has handled this situation. Um, I don't say like successfully. No one can put their hand up and say yes, we've beat COVID-19. That, that T-shirt is not even printed in a box waiting to be sold anywhere. You know, the the marketing. So I was surprised that not only was I, I couldn't tell there was no social distancing in the, in the crowd. I mean, these people went out of their way to rub on to each other. The only thing these people did not do, and I don't have in for me, is that they didn't have sex. They were rubbing <laughs> on each other yeah, in basketball games. That, that, that I you know don't on. know.
2: That exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, so wait, if, um, it looks like you looked up some. Did, did you find no? Did you find Serbia's numbers? I did. Okay.
3: Um, you know they're higher than I thought. I mean, they're higher than I thought actually, um, and they're much higher than Croatia. So I guess what I'm wondering, I, I don't look at these numbers and think these are actually the numbers. <laughs> yes. What, no one. Yeah. But what is yeah? What is their reporting? So they have fourteen thousand confirmed cases. Twelve thousand recovered. That's actually mm-hmm. impressive. And then yeah. two hundred seventy deaths. So that means this is counting week. This is at least weeks of. I, I'm still not sure how they. Yeah,
0: t- always, because the, the modeling for the modeling for the numbers are that you're going to have a number like fourteen thousand confirmed cases. You're going to have a what a five percent five percent death rate of those numbers. You're gonna have a, about about two thirds sort of those numbers would be pending. You always have a pending category. Right. The recovery it's, rate is never that high.
3: It's 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 weird. It's like they're. I'm surprised. there are like two thousand people who are still sort of not accounted for, which is good because that means that those are people who are still sick, but it means that they haven't been it. it yeah, something is not right about how many they're yes. confirming. The
0: the, the many- recovery rate numbers are too high. From all the other numbers I've seen. And also we have to bear in mind that every single country have, there have been questions surrounding their reported numbers. Because they're
3: typically,
0: probably not testing. They're probably not testing. And also they're Why, probably I mean, just not you, putting the numbers. We
1: all know the more you test. <laughs> <I'm>...
0: <laughs> and it's only, <laughs> and, and it's only the testing. It's only with testing that you are, that COVID is actually real, right? COVID is only <laughs> real if you have a test, right? <laughs> that it, it, just, it miraculously appears when you test, according to an idiot in chief. <laughs> that, that seems to be the implication. So yeah. the idioto went on. I mean, like, these people did everything to prove a point that we are back to, I don't know, August of this time. They went to a club. They don't even go to a club. These are not the French boys. I mean, had, so had I been have, in Paris, I would have been like, what, "Okay, cool." What,
3: what are I you trying? So I have to ask the question though. So um, this is so the way that I understood this tournament. So it is a tour. Yep. So they were supposed right. to go
0: to different countries: Serbia,
3: Croatia. Mm-hmm.
0: They didn't. They, they went those places.
3: No. Yeah. They, they, and they They, they, do they weren't allowed in. They, went, they, they weren't allowed to... in Montenegro
1: because Montenegro thought something was a little funky with the numbers.
3: Right. Okay. That's what I thought. So. So they're supposed to hit all of the former Yugoslav republics. Yep. So, and, and I know that he has framed it as this is philanthropic because yeah. the, the, the people in the Balkans need harmony and tennis or something like yeah. that.
0: Positive okay. energy and water bending. <laughs>
3: yeah, like- <laughs> Like, I couldn't, I was like, he, did, I mean, he was born, when was he born in the 90s? So he was born after the war. Um. So I kind of, I don't know, I went through this whole.
0: No, 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 no. He was in the war. He was, remember, he his biggest shtick was that I was in swimming pools. So he was. Oh. Yeah. It's part, of the, it's I was part like, of the narrative.
3: I'm trying to do the math because I lost, I lose track. They all seem so young now that I yeah. can write
1: but my yeah.
3: brain doesn't compute. but but you know what but i think
1: to your point it's a big part of the storytelling around who novak is his value right. and his sort of like um, his status
3: yeah and so this is sort of the thing that i'm trying to trying to reckon with which is how he's sort of saying yeah it's bad that people got sick but this keep in mind that this was a philanthropic att- an attempt to bring people together but you know, this is absolutely the opposite of what actually needs to be happening during a pandemic. Um, yeah, that's the weird part of it. Right. So because, it's sort of like, uh, what does he think is tearing us apart? <laughs> like, we're but, all... But,
0: but notice he's saying that it is, I'm sorry, we got sick. There isn't, There is. isn't. There has been no reporting, no accounting, not even acknowledging of the fact that they created a cluster And they literally interacted with children, with adults, with the crowd. They went to a club. I mean, a club functions with you literally breathing on each other. A club doesn't work any other way. That I can't hear you talk unless I'm literally in your face, right? (laughs) Which means the particles, uh, which are already, you know what I mean? They got off, they well, off. I,
3: I was even wondering, so when I saw those club videos, I saw them doing the limbo, I saw them doing that stuff and they were in, I guess they were in the VIP room, but I was like, what What clubs are are open for these people? That will allow them, so there's like a whole list of things that went, you know, it, it, it was like a whole series of questions. It was the tournament itself, but the fact that they, yes, you're right, they went out of their way to violate Every single principle, and they're moving. They're like going from country to country. Exactly. Right they now. don't
0: live in Serbia <laughs> because Grigo Grigol went home, and I was just like, he's not on a magic carpet. He, he got on an airplane.
3: He went. He traveled to five different countries. Like I looked at it, it was like he went to Vienna, then he went to he went to Zagreb, and then he was in Belgrade. No, he didn't go to Belgrade. Was he in Belgrade? Because they did yes. play in Serbia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's they they canceled
0: the one of the Croatian ones, no? No, they they the, canceled the final in Belgrade. Final
3: one, they find. Uh-huh. Yeah, the
1: yeah, final. No, it have, wasn't in Belgrade
0: because yeah. he went to Belgrade and when he refused the test initially, that was the other crazy thing. I felt fine, even despite there were positive tests. Oh. He said, "I felt fine. I'm not <laughs> taking the test."
3: <laughs> he did say that. I, I was talking about Dimitrov, though. Oh, uh, so, I mean, in terms of his. His, His travel like, sketch. Well, you know, and I think
1: this is the piece of it that I think is really challenging is that I, I really keyed in on that, too, is that I felt the tour, regardless of whether it was sort of philanthropic in nature, the, na- the way that it played out was aggressively against all of the protocols. Like it was almost to the point where it was it felt too aggressive. It was like, we're going to touch, even though you say not to touch. We're actually not going to take pictures in masks. We're actually going to keep on moving. So it was like they looked at all the rules that were declared as rules um, to help protect people and check the box.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, let's (laughs) Let's remember that Novak Djokovic thinks that he can play tennis through telekinesis. I mean, we this man, he's. it's it's not okay he's not okay but But I think it's not just him though right no it's not but he he has the influence to bring all of these people into the circle and you know he seriously had the crowd stand up and say let's take a moment and acknowledge those who have gotten sick with COVID-19 and now look where you are bro
1: I mean, this is this is the part of it though that for me is really troubling. Listen, nobody let this happen. Yeah, nobody is who he is. Right. The tennis piece. This was uh, the there were organizations upon organizations that made this possible, and so that is stunning in and of itself on its face. But then also, yeah, the individual players. Yes, silliness, whatever. But. The rules were known about how yes. this virus transmits, so that's the confusion for me. Is it's just like how well, multiple countries kind of coordinated together, money, to make let this them just possible.
0: roll in, and let them just roll in and out. Because when he, because the when he initially when Nolis said that, I am not taking a test. I felt fine. I was just like. He doesn't get to make that decision. Like how Yeah he should he have make, been
1: forced to take the test? How could
0: he not make and I think in then then I guess PR decided to do this a bit where they're like, Oh, he took a test and then he's negative. And then it became too audacious because Bona Church had it. So it was just like, um, at this point, two of you people like you you hang with like you have to take a test. You will have to tell the public now because they were willing to sacrifice throw Dimitrov under the bus and then we found out Sasha went back home, and he was walking around the place. He said, I felt fine. I got tested negative, negative," and I was just like, wow, and yeah, I left Chilich be the only responsible adult, was just like, I test negative, but I'm going to stay home. No, it was Viktor Troitsky. That was the problem. I think when Viktor Troitsky and his wife tested positive for it, and she's pregnant, he had no other choice but to take the test. Now, look, that situation is just insane, but I think, you know, I mean, my disdain for these players is irrelevant. I am considering how the public, the government, allowed this to happen and all of those people, because no one mentioned contact tracing. is a contact is like,
2: tracing nightmare. Everyone's talking
0: about thoughts and prayers for Noli and I'm just like, I don't care. He has money. A doctor would save his life in Serbia over Mrs. Blagojevic, who was at the event just to see a hero. She, they wouldn't. I mean, let's be honest here.
3: It's it's true. And that's I mean, that's essentially what happened with basketball, the the in Oklahoma during that first COVID, oh. right? They they the the whole team got their tests when nobody else was getting their tests. They probably Utah,
0: they used Utah a Jazz test. players. Yep. Utah Jazz players got Oklahoma tests.
3: That's right. They actually process <laughs> they processed the maximum number of tests that they could process in that day. To make to figure out who was actually sick or not, and interestingly, I believe they also had the ho- one of the the tennis hotels for this this Adria tour. They actually had testing available at the ho- at the venue, the hotel, mm-hmm. and and literally, <clears throat> Nolan was like, "Nah, nah, i I'm, I'm no, not going back no, to the hotel." And I was like, "This is your yeah. opportunity. <laughs> this is like
1: amazing." <laughs> but you, you know, know, that's like- the thing that was so sad. Like, cause the interesting moment is as soon as Dimitrov's test came out positive, you then saw all the players lined up, right? And then they started performing as if they were working during COVID. So now everyone <laughs> had a mask on, and that's when I thought to myself, well, this, this, then, then you were aggressively, then you were aggressively working to create another image. Because if now you, the balls dropped, you suddenly realize you should be putting on masks cameras are showing you with masks. Do you know what I mean? So it just felt, so that that's that to me is such an interesting contrast, right? Because if it was humanitarian, and this is the part that I'm always like, Nola, you always miss the boat. You could have stood up and said, you know what? This is a real serious situation. This is a crisis point. I'm going to publicly go someplace and take a test. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to come out and talk about what we did poorly and have it be a kind of teachable moment. But instead, it's this kind of like, I'm gonna release a statement, and then I'm gonna hide away, and I'm, you know, it's just such a strange mixture. <laughs> it, I mean, mean it,
2: it really
3: is a missed opportunity, and yeah. you know, again, you know, that's why it, I, I laughed about the philanthropy part and about yeah. the sort of war, whatever it is about about the Balkans. But it, it needed, to, there was, huh. I mean, we all know. <laughs> Ma'am, well, Doctor Benton,
0: I mean, feel free. Feel free. This is the place.
3: I Say just, it. I mean, all of you are saying all of the right things, which is what what institutions made it possible. Yeah. For somebody for 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 this tour to happen, but also to so aggressively flout <laughs> the known yeah. guidelines, the basic ones. Yeah. You know, like what did it, Jamie Murray did a tournament. At the same time. Yeah, just
1: now. Yeah, it's just finishing up. Mm -hmm.
3: And it was very clear, nobody is touching. They're getting their own balls. There's no crowd. It was, I mean, it it was to me very obvious that they took to heart. Yes, we want to have this tournament, and this is an important thing to do, but we're going to take all of the precautions we can possibly take to make sure that this is safe for the people involved. I don't understand, so the other thing I don't understand, in addition to all of the institutions that buttressed and supported this flagrant disregard for people's health and well-being, is who signs up for this thing? Like, I mean, most of these people are very concerned about their own bodies. They're athletes, right? They're athletes. (laughs) So I'm trying to figure out who goes, oh, really, yes, I would love to participate in this. So will there be, how will you ensure
1: that I will be safe? Well, you know, I think it's interesting you asked that question because I think now you're getting a little bit of dribs and drabs about how all sorts of promises were made and that in some sense... um, because obviously you're right, they're athletes. They should be asking these things, or at least their manager would. Um, so then it, it sounds like when they got there, things sort of shifted a little bit and all the protocol kind of went out the door, or now it was like, oh, you don't have to do that, da da da. da. But then the other part of it too Decided is
0: that- numbers though. That's what he kept doing. Yeah, the but also, number that you're looking at. I was like, why? And yeah, this-
1: but also I think for the individual athlete, it was about being, and this is the part of it I think is challenging. It was being called by the number one player and feeling as if this was going to be an opportunity to be adjacent to power mm-hmm. and to be adjacent to somebody who has a
2: lot of weight, right? You know what, Andreen? I think that that also plays into, because I'm questioning parents who let their children volunteer. Yep and i they think that <laughs> they i,
0: I but a, you know
2: date. what i think that's exactly what it was because listen we as parents often get our children involved in sports that we enjoy because yeah. we want to see them play something that we like right so these parents are most likely tennis fans so they've got their kids involved in the local club with lessons and we know that ultimately those are the children who become the ball kids so mom and dad are like ooh My child can do this for Novak Djokovic, the number one player in the world. I mean, there are so many things to be questioned on so many levels and no one's asking the questions because right now all of that's gone out of the window. And all we're concerned about is our number one player in the world going to make it through this because now he's sick. So all of the people and really the players, even though they're traveling, you know, when they're not supposed to be. Those everyday people who are volunteering for this tour are probably going to come into contact and, and have the opportunity to spread this virus far more than Novak. His bubble's going to be much smaller than the kid that's going to school and going to the playground and going to grandma's house. you know. But we're not thinking about them.
1: Well, also, they're also not thinking about it in the same way, because I've seen in the defenses, oh, this is not a problem for us in Serbia. There, That's been quite a bit of the language. Um, You would think it's an individual fan, but it's also in the news coverage, is that, you know, this is, I mean, and so that's one of the things I think is so interesting about this, Doctor, is like the sort of national view of a crisis. And how that sort of directs people's attention. I mean, right. we've been seeing it here, right? And so we're not dealing with the fact to some degree we can't <laughs> but to some degree we can't even be too hypercritical of what happens in Serbia because we're seeing it here. There is a sense of like you need that you need the top to communicate that this is a big deal. And they they haven't.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, to a certain extent, I, I agree with you, Andre. that you know, Americans and people in America should not be the one to talk. That is all true. But, I mean, we know we have a certain state problem, certain places, etc. But this just seemed like a, a flagrant... I mean, no it was a PR basic- campaign...
1: Listen, let's it just call, a it PR- call it I'll call it. It was a PR campaign for the president. It was a PR campaign for the government. It, to
0: assure people. it is. I mean, they basically think, said, think about, fuck if, you, Think to about all if of-
1: someone had done that here. Think about, if, think about if an athlete had gone on and, like, was close friends with Trump... And had done this whole tour belying every one of the rules, we'd all look at that person in a strange way. We'd be like, Why are you doing this? This
2: feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean,
0: but uh, but I mean I think here people would have I mean, I don't know, he would have been that's what I say. Not only I think newspapers and the critical um voice in Serbia failed, because I know immunologists immune and immunologist was going on like this is insane this shouldn't have happened like he was in shock looking at these pictures but i think here if anyone had attempted to do that i think the pushback would have been severe that we, they would have attempted to stop ban people from going in that some health agency would have stepped in They would have been like at the very least social distance those crowds were packed in with each other And this is not for me to beat up on Nole, because whatever, I don't care about Nole. I am concerned about (laughs) Mrs. Blagojevich. All those people who are in the crowd, all those children who contact, this is Serbia and Croatia, those people live in multi-generational homes where people, grandma is in the house, grandma is close by, all those people are coming into contact with so many people, as Janina points out. And this is going to be, this can shut down our whole health system in two countries literally do the, the potential of this how crazy this tour was and guess what <clears throat> production isn't happening in most places of the world we're not getting medical equipment out and a lot of things have covid has basically stopped much of the resources that we need and granted in some places like as we've mentioned you know like in america they're not even producing masks and giving you giving you masks people have to pay 15 for 10 masks and, uh, and that's a good price just to be yeah. safe out in the world I so mean,
2: so given all that dr benton what's happened in serbia you know the u.s open is planning on moving forward <laughs> what do you think about that
3: uh, so i i think <laughs> those are big venues um and yeah. so it sounds like what they're trying to do is are they trying to do they're trying to do it without crowd. without crowd right no crowd. um
1: and trying to do some sort of weird containment of the players to certain areas in
2: hotels and. But 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 I'm not they're impression. gonna come from all over the world. But
0: but that's, Which, that's more, Wait I, wait 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 later. Go
3: I think, so I mean there are ways that they can deal with it. Um, it's a lot of players. It's a lot of. Uh, I mean, I'm wondering how they make their money. But I, I guess it's is it through TV? Subscri- is it through subscription?
1: they make their the money television. through TV. they make their money through the advertising and um and the the subscription for the you know but so they're not going to do that right. so i think now the demand is to make the money through the tv right because imagine having a live sport event
3: right so but, uh, i mean it, it can, the thing about tournaments though is it can work but the way it has to work is it has so they're coming from all over the world that's the first piece that means that they're going to have to have people come in early, which people tend to do to deal with the time zone stuff, they're going to have to immediately isolate them. They're going to have to test them. And then they're going to have to test them again because, (laughs) and then they're going to have to make sure. And, you know, I guess it works well for all of the players who are well supported (laughs) to, to actually have them staying alone and basically not doing anything for them, basically only going to and from the venue.
0: But, that, but how do we make sure? I mean, that the U.S. Open, Flushing Meadows, is isolated. There is no hotel close by. They're not walking to a hotel. They have to get into a vehicle. They do. With, a, with a driver, which none of them will be able to drive. Right. And the other thing that I'm worrying about, the European players, Europe might let you leave, but will Europe let you come back? This is United States of America. We are on a list <laughs> 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 cut we cannot go to Europe. Americans cannot go to Europe for a visit. And
3: Europe, uh, yeah, and Europeans probably. I, I, I don't know if they never lifted, Did they ever really lift the, the ban, of a travel? Yeah, for EU. Um,
0: within I think certain EU countries, there right. is certain the, the travel is opened up in next month. Um, right. July.
3: Okay. So I think they're all banking on this, <laughs> and I, th- I think they're all banking on this, and I think they're all banking on exceptions, right? Yeah. Um. I hope that I mean how many people are coming from Azerbaijan, Armenia and Georgia, those Turkey, those are going to be those are going to be the hot spots. Um they already are the hot spots.
1: Um, I think yeah, to get mean, special permissions, you know. I think right. I mean I think the USTA is banking on I'm sure very high level relationship with somebody like in the Trump administration, right? To mm-hmm. give to be able to, <laughs> No, I mean you would have to negotiate. This is what I mean when yeah. we ask about the question about Serbia, you have to negotiate lots of layers and someone's banking on lots of really influential relationships for that to move forward. Um, you know?
3: <laughs> I, believe, I believe that that is absolutely going to have to be, that's going to be part of the story. Yeah. Some pe- people, will. there are always going to be people who move very fluidly from country to country Without any problem, you know. You know, this is the one time that I, you know, not the being a U.S. passport holder is kind of scary. Like, oh my God, I can't go, I can't go to Spain, Uh, (laughs) or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is for all of the restrictions I'm now facing as a U.S. citizen, I'm basic and normal and and
2: (laughs) and not important.
3: (laughs) Those people are going to get their visas. They're going to get their special dispensations. They're special. Um, The issue. thinking about infection is absolutely going to be about about testing right it's going to be about them being able to prove and show not only upon their arrival in the United States but also their return to wherever they're from that they have actually that they have been they have tested negative Oh, that's- God, this
0: this just gets complicated. But 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 here but but here's but here is where I think it gets even more complicated be- beyond the just mere logistics of moving them in a COVID-free zone within New York City and this humidity and madness and all of this bit as New York itself is opening back up. But the other question is that can you trust these players? They are irresponsible and apparently none of them look at a science book. So when they do get hair in this COVID-free zone, which we are banking, let's just assume that that is a thing that we they New York can create that, they're going to be doing all sorts of things. I mean, like they've been to New York several times. They had their hot spots they like to go to. They and will. those hot spots are outside of the COVID-free zone.
3: And they're going to be open. Yeah. But they're also gonna but I would say most of those places will also still have some distancing guidelines. So yeah, I mean, let's I mean what I would say is is if they're really careful, if they really care about their investments, they will force those people, every single player, to sign something. That's, that's
0: the I am sure, I'm sure no I'm sure we're no, we'll gonna find
3: the genie bouchard the viol- contract. <laughs> bouchard violated. I mean see that's the thing. This is all this is business, right? This is labor. This is this is this is labor law. This is this is this is
1: about
3: which, you is know, the, which the tourists notoriously
1: are
2: poor at. Right. So,
0: <laughs> exactly. and what
2: happens when one person? Just also you
0: have to get this. In, and also, to. you have to get this thing in multiple languages because you cannot furnish this thing in English only. And that is. I
2: speak English.
0: That is a <laughs> science in and of itself. That is a that is labor within itself to literally yeah. get contracts to be legal to be the same across the board in multiple languages.
2: Gonna have and to-
0: you're going to have to require their lawyers to be present. Yeah, um, do all of
1: that. I think the thing is you're going to you establish a disclaimer ahead of time,
0: right? Oh, go ahead and do that. You, Look.
1: And if you agree to participate, that disclaimer probably covers yeah. you, right? Do you think they yeah. get individual players or do they just Yes. Say, but but that is, is just the liability.
0: Was, <laughs> but that is just the liability factor, right? Whether they would be held accountable for the situation. But it doesn't account for the cluster that you will create, which is why because th- their finances is their finances. But what is the problem here is that whether these people are bringing in the disease and continually spreading the disease.
3: So again, that I think that's when they're going to have to have a real, they're going to have to have a real testing regimen, an absolute, and they're going to have to enforce, you know, they may have to say, look, you can't get sick here <laughs> or, you know, that's just not going to happen. I mean. Again, I'm sort of also expecting and I know I'm being naive, expecting that there's a substantial number of athletes who are going to say, "I don't actually want to be sick with this thing either."
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Because this will ruin the few chances that I have to play to play in France. I, I can't. The French Open is actually what's still supposed to be in September. Yeah. Really? Yes, yes. To happen. Um Right. And so I want to be able to play that. Listen to me. I want to play the French in the French open. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be able to, you know, so I can see where that incentive, I mean, one of the things that I, I have noticed is that there are people who are, have been willing to change their behavior. Yeah. There are people who, who were otherwise complete assholes about this stuff who are actually willing to go, okay, you know, because I do care about myself and my family, maybe i'm going to not take the same level of make same the, have the same risks or involve, engage in the same kind of risky behavior that i might otherwise under these circumstances particularly if they draw my attention to it i have a, a feeling that if you swab <laughs> if you're swabbing everybody twice when they first arrive you're setting up the you're setting up an expectation yep i if think you're, so if you're if you're making people get their own balls, if you're making if you're forcing them to get their own towel,
2: yeah. <laughs> their,
3: own, their own banana or whatever, yeah. you're starting to you're basically starting a different you're you're resetting some of the expectations that people have about sort of the, the culture of care and the culture of whatever. Oh.
0: I mean I cannot speaking imagine in the reset, middle of the US Open Finals that the well, you know said no, player no. gonna go run get their own ball. Well <laughs> like,
1: speaking of reset though, because I, I want to draw your point to this, and you know I know the time is coming, but you've talked about how sometimes in your inner response to a crisis, you set parameters that you can't unset.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I've been wondering about that. <laughs> So, yeah, post-COVID, if, when we get there, does tennis look different? I mean, God forbid you always have to handle your own sweaty, disgusting, I, nasty you know, towel.
1: But I think, you know, people need to look at the list of rules that they're going to establish. And if you succeed in running a off a, a tournament that way, that means those ideas are on the table.
3: Right. Um, and I think...
0: You kind of don't ring the bell.
3: <laughs> it's I feel like that I feel like that's true. Um I was, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking about Indian Wells actually and how they had a nor- they had a norovirus outbreak yep. or something mm-hmm. like that. Something like know- 2012, that was? Yeah, it was, nor- it was something like 2012. <laughs> it was going through everybody. Yeah, which is so gross. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about how that it made it possible for them to go, yeah, I think we're gonna cancel this. Yep. because the last time we had something that was a little bit less serious but really quite unsettling, we 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 paid the price. Like yep. everybody had diarrhea and and yep. and, and we're, they were all sick and tired. And so
1: and um, then Miami felt it. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Montezuma's revenge. Um,
0: Miami, so, I mean, we will be pushing to be the first, and then Indian Wells would have to be second. Now, <laughs>
3: right. And so I mean, so. I would say that there were, there were certain place things were willing to try. um, Risks were willing to take in other areas to basically reduce the possibility of harm or liability in the case of some of these tournaments. I mean, I think that Indian Wells' decision sounded like a little bit of both, right? They don't want to be liable for people getting sick at the tournament, but they also cared enough to say, yeah, like when all the ball, the ball boys and ball girls got sick. It was
0: yeah.
3: not good. Yeah, um, yeah, And so, you know, we don't, to some extent, I, I kind of want to say, cause there's, a, I think there's a good way and a bad way to read this parameter setting <laughs> situation, yep. which is to some extent what it might do is it might reorient how we think about caring for people mm-hmm. um, under these circumstances beyond questions of liability. Yep. Um, but to some extent, we're also one of the things that has bothered me about this pandemic and the response to it is that a lot of the responsibility and accountability has been sort of devolved to the people themselves. Yeah. So we're 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 supposed to have systems in place that allow that facilitate, or that allow us to be um, able to take care of ourselves, or to to but also to seek care when we need it, and. I'm worried, you know. I was worried when we all had to stay home. I was like, so suddenly it's everybody for themselves. We're all hiding, you know. We're all hiding from this virus. Like it's not going to go away just because we're all hiding at home. There's a point at which people are just going to get sick and it's going to spread in our households, you know. But we're expected to basically turn our home off, our homes and our offices, our homes and our gym. Daycare, and our daycare center. Yeah, mm. into our gym, <laughs> as you see my bike in the background. And so all of these things are. Our, we've been responsible as we've been everything's been privatized to our home um, if we are lucky enough to have a home um, and so or the space in our home to actually conduct all of these activities that would be conducted elsewhere outside and so these are the things that I worry about setting the, the parameter being set and not being able to retract like I don't want to have to be in my basement <laughs> all the time
0: <laughs> watching
3: <laughs> my kids <laughs> and trying to teach my child you know trying to teach my child alphabetical order um you know all of these things I, I want to be able to to live in a community you know a functioning society where we are not afraid to be near each other wow.
0: um
3: But yeah, I mean, I
0: I, I think that was what Nole was thinking about when he had the Adrian. (laughs) So he was just like, (laughs) I want to be with my (laughs) brows. I want to be with my buddies. But it was was too soon, right? It It was was one approach. It was too soon. Let's
1: pretend. No, but one approach was like, let's pretend it's not happening.
0: Right.
1: Let's just hope for the best.
3: He could have actually had a distance target. I
1: know. know. He He really could
3: have. He could. There's so many ways he could have done that. He could have made people sit far apart. He could have had people um watching it from it out, outside.
0: It like, requires him to know science and be able to respect science. But he's all about my thoughts. I can look at a glass of water, positive energy, water bending, boom. But Miracles. why do everyone bite? Again,
3: it, you know... It, other I mean, people had to buy into it, right?
1: But you know, Obviously. and other people did, and other people wanted to, right? Whatever that reason is, and I think they all have to like explore that. Like you, as you said, the systems allowed it; they multiple systems allowed it, and then the individuals decided, "I'm going to buy in."
0: But I'm just. But the thing that bothers me the most is just like I wouldn't follow Nole if Federer had led this charge. I would have been like, okay. But you know, I'm going. I'm going to follow a man who's turning water into. Uh, water molecules, turning it into some a, spiritual drink. You know what? Boost, it turn it it into wine.
1: Anyone, you're not Jesus following anyone because room. you know what Rafa said. Rafa's like, I haven't thought about tennis. Like, <laughs> you know
2: what I'm like, saying?
1: I, mean, I have to say, like this, 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 this virus has revealed so many people, and, and uh, I'm shocked because you know Rafa's such a competitor, and for him to be like, what tennis? What you want me to think about tennis right now? What? What? Like, you know,
0: Rafa is secretly training. I, 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 I don't mean, believe he's that.
1: Secretly, he's training, but the thing is, he's not he's not pushing the tour out. Like, you know what I mean? Like he, that's it's like that, body. That, that. Not, but it's it's necessary to say that. It's necess- I mean, the thing that's strange to me is like the working poor tennis player is not the one aggressively pushing the tour out. It's people who have the capacity to actually be at home. <laughs> so that-
3: right, and that was yeah, the but- other thing I was going to say. These are people who actually. They are fine. They don't, need, they don't need a tournament. So you're well, trying well, to figure out what is going on. Stay home. And in fact, when they were having the house parties in Chicago, they talked to this one woman who had, I guess she had been caught on Facebook Live and, and, yeah. and were like, oh, she said, look, I've been staying at home every day with my kid for weeks and weeks and weeks. But all of these celebrities who are on their IG saying, stay home and all this other stuff, they have basketball courts and tennis Thank courts in you. their backyard.
0: I looked at their homes. I was looking in the background. I was just like, "Um, my home don't look like that. You need to shut up. I don't need to see you. I needed you to be in someone else's home. Because it was annoying. Right. Because, you know, they have a... Per- they- look at that kitchen. You know they have never cooked a meal in that kitchen. It's a personal chef rolling up. They have, they have out. a personal they cleaner. They have a
3: restaurant refrigerator. They're doing push-ups on the counter. Thank you. Like, it's just like... You're looking at them and going, of course you can stay home. Why would you be like, let's go out and hang, let's go play limbo in the clubs, <laughs> let's hug <laughs> let's each other and sign balls for babies? Like they, they really. Like- it was the height of it was ego, ego, ego it blown
1: was- out to I'm the most like- extreme. And I'm just, and I would have been like, is- take all that money you spend and put it in that pool, and give it to those poor players that that you didn't want to give any money to.
0: (laughs) Two things piss me off is that they followed a dude who's talking about turning water into some magical thing by just looking at it, and not who could turn water into wine. That's the dude I'm going to follow, okay? If he could say, like, I could turn water into wine, that's what Jesus did. But the other thing is just, like, he put on this arrogant tour just to basically say to the poor players, we can do this. And y'all should stop here, They refused to actually have any assistance for the players who are struggling. They refused. He I was taking a about $30,000.
1: I mean, this is the irony of it, right? Dominic Team, who was the most against it, rolling around, going from, you know, he's still going from country to country, even though he's supposed to be isolating. Because even though he tested negative, he still was in contact with another person who was positive. So he should still be isolating, but he's like, "I'm not isolating. I'm
0: just gonna keep testing and traveling." I was like, "What's the purpose of?" That? And hanging out <laughs> with CC Fast. they're having another. I'm, I just, I, I do not. It's this, very this, weird. Is, this is what I find. This is why I think it's so arrogant to put any sport tournament on. It's because people are going to defer to athletes to let them do whatever they want to do. No one is going to tell an athlete you, you cannot use it and you shouldn't do this. They need an Particularly when it's something campaign, physical. Particularly when it's, it's a, something physical.
1: But it's a little bit like what you said, Doctor. It's like who's really informing them of the risk and really, 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 really breaking them, breaking it down for people? Maybe, maybe athletes have a really like mistaken <laughs> assumption about their own bodies, you know? You're Everyone's right. kind of fearless. Maybe athletes think they're the most. They're the most equipped bodies to Well, don't forget that know. at
2: the beginning, we kept hearing over and over and over again that if you're healthy, you're going to be all right. And it's it not going to be as world. bad for you. Well, so true. True. they they may also have been willing to take that risk. But,
0: you know, we, hey, we you, have, you when do I heard, do that. The information, double, is, the information I,
3: is new, though. We know that that's not true. So they should
0: exactly. we do. I'm just like, <laughs> I heard double lung collapsing. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to keep my ass at home. Because I know the doctor's going to make a choice between when he see Reels and when he see Dr. Mr. Johnson, he might not, he's going to let Reels, okay, Reels, you, I'm going to pull the plug on you. The ventilator, we got to free up the ventilator. (laughs) You know what I mean? I know that those were the reality that I faced if I were to get checked into the health system. I'm willing to take all the information for precaution because I don't know the cure will be there for me. Um, You were saying, Andre?
1: No, I was just saying, um, so um, you said that you practice uh, coming to the end. How is the tennis practicing going?
0: Um,
3: <laughs> it's, it's great. Occasionally I think, oh, should I be sweating on this? You know, what if, if I have it?
0: Um, <laughs> you're coming for Coco Crown, aren't you? You're going hard to Coco cocoa <laughs> yeah are you one of those tennis players who um who amateur tennis players who think they're just they miss the calling to be on tour it's just <laughs> like that you know like they're like oh my god like my backhand you know like i need to fix my backhand and then WTA is gonna call me up next week
3: <laughs> not i no i i'm 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 all, I'm a humble athlete in the sense that I know that I'm always going to be slow. I'm <laughs> always going to be I'm always going to be um accident prone. <laughs> better, but I'm back at
0: the court, right?
3: But but I'm fit I'm fit enough to play. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, no, that's no. that sort and of Are like, you and are you watching? Are you watching
1: tennis? I mean, do you uh, do you actively miss it? I feel a little bit distracted from everything, so I can't quite take it all in, really. But are you missing it?
3: I I thought I would be missing tennis more than I do. Uh, <laughs> I thought I'd I be will, missing. I tennis want more. other people to admit
0: that out loud. But
3: <laughs> right,
0: I, mean, I, 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 I honestly,
3: it's it's. I mean, we're it's hard when you're thinking about. I'm thinking about people and whether they're gonna get sick, and so I kind of like. Yeah, like I, 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 I've I, actually so I'm saying I should say yes and no, because last week my kids did uh, and mommy camp. They had to do sports and one of their sports was tennis and they had to produce profiles of tennis players. <laughs> and all of them were so cute with their Sloan Stevens and their Coco Golf and their Serena or whatever. I hope you didn't hear that. Um, and so, so we had, so yeah, so we, you know, it was fun to do that. So we actually watched some old matches. Oh, wow. And they, you know, they're kids, so it takes them a second. But it was kind of nice to watch old matches and go, yeah, that's why you have to bring your racket back a little bit faster or whatever. Hmm? (laughs) You have to to bring your racket back earlier. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's, that's why you actually have to, you know, put your hand up. I know we're all.
0: I have not missed live tennis because I can choose the matches that I want to watch and enjoy them knowing the results. And let oh, me just man. say, so I mean, look, some matches, I mean, look, because you're right, I feel distracted if I am supposed to thinking like I want Because to me, it's like my wanting live sports back is putting so many people at risk because athletes do not function within themselves. Athletes are used to someone else taking care of them, especially top pro athletes. They just all they just top rightly just got one priority show up, be on time, <laughs> and be in fit condition. That's it. <laughs> someone is bringing the clothes, someone is washing the clothes, someone is washing, getting the skis, someone's getting the racket, the balls. So, someone tell Nolay what time you someone asks this Nolay, ask Nolay, what time do you want to be in practice tomorrow? And someone else make that happen. That's <laughs> it, right. Nole doesn't have to pick up a phone and say anything about I need to be here and facilitate getting balls to that court, right? right. Those yeah. things are there for him. They listen to me. They're gonna hate this shit after the first week, particularly at a major. Especially when our first exercise of this tournament will be at a major. Oh my god, they're gonna be revolting and they're gonna put other people at risk because right. they, you know they're gonna go hire somebody. You know, I'm gonna hire some from queens and just come here and you I, t- I i can vouch for this dude you know what i mean that's what they're gonna do <laughs> it's that going to be a mess right. i and mean i, don't I think know that's if we can the can. how are we gonna celebrate the u.s open in queens and queens was so hard hit by covid 19 how are we gonna no, do the think... first night match you're so right.
3: i mean you're so right though that's been the question all along is like when we start talking about essential work right Yep. Who, like, it's not just about the the consumer or the nope. client, right? It's about everybody who makes things happen. It's about all of those people who are... Some, their essentialness becomes very clear.
0: And they're underpaid. And they have the least access to medical care. Right. Because well, they don't even have the, the time driver, to go there.
1: Nole's driver was positive.
2: He took right. to positive. Man, before. listen, these mofos are a hot mess. Well... <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh um we we always ask everyone who's on here um you know what like, who are call your favorite players we know we, we know you passed the, you know you passed the grand test
2: but you know like
0: who's your top five man and top five woman it can be an old era past era it can be even you could even pick the players to be like i would dump my husband for this player. <laughs> that's all there aren't have. any
3: of those i mean i have to say <laughs> What? I guess you honestly. got lucky. Right? They're all also- win the
0: husband lottery. <laughs>
3: no, well,
0: that's a good point. Sorry, too you Your
3: Oh no! I'm like, I didn't. Play, I didn't prepare my list. Now I, I have know. to. We think about this. I know.
1: We'll
0: get to that. They're always floating around in your mind. No shame. <laughs> No judgment. I have to think. know who you are not gonna say, but you know, so that's my list
3: of, of players. It doesn't
0: have to be five. It can just be, you know, some of the players who you don't mind watching. I'll think of it this way: Who are the men and women that you don't mind watching some old matches off? I guess, <laughs> and you can't say 2008 Wimbledon because that never happened.
1: Oh <laughs> 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 my gosh, we have so many painful matches. <laughs>
3: I know. I'm like. How do I even b- begin with this? Uh... Although oh, this... well, I have to ask you though, Look,
1: you know what? maybe this, is... you know, Federer fans have so many painful matches in their mind. Do you, for as a Rafa fan, what's a painful match for you all? Gotta hmm. be some no-lay match.
0: I know, I yeah, know. all I know. of them lately, right? <laughs>
3: Every time he actually
0: plays Nolan. um <laughs> Oh, I would think it would be that yeah, French well, Open. Well, well, but... well, first of all, like, you know, they have to spend like, they have to commit six hours of their day to a um
2: <laughs> It's <laughs> a lot. Our
0: match, Right. Like Us Fred fans, we can check in whenever we want to. We it's can check true. in and check out Conscience Claire. <laughs>
1: that's
2: that's...
1: Matches are long, you know. They they put you all through
3: it. Rafa's matches want to make you. Ooh, they're God. just oh, they're just crazy. Okay, so I definitely have Rafa in my list, though it took me a while to come around to his.
2: We don't we, come we around understand. to that.
3: I, you know, I, yeah, I think it's just age. I think as, as they all age, I'm like, I mean, I mean, I used to really hate Federer. And then I was like, oh, okay, I can give him a chance now that he's old.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, man.
3: You know, so I kind of. Sorry
0: to the Fed fans who listen to us, you know, like he's <laughs> a really smart and brilliant doctor. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love, I love Del Potro. Oh, um, uh, I, I should I am I is it have I lost? You?
2: It's not okay, but go on.
3: It's not okay. <laughs> I, I love this. It. It's not I mean, right. Like US, it's not, US, not right, US but it's okay. It. That's it's what
0: we right. said. It's Sorry, okay. it's um, okay.
3: Love for rare. loved him. He's finally retired, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes.
3: I think I remember when he said he was retiring, and then I saw a match, and I was like, "Did you really retire? <laughs> That yeah. happens um, a lot these days. I'm
0: all Covid yeah. would have stopped him anyway. Even if he was, he would have been like, "My body is too important to me. I'm gonna covid."
3: <laughs> he was, you know, I, again speaking of fit older guy, like he, he, he was fit until the end. Um, yeah. Which well, I really. Well, I to
0: smoke six packs of cigarettes a day, but you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was going to be a doctor, and he was like, "Oh no, I don't play tennis."
0: <laughs> do I'm on the I, women's I, side.
3: On the women's side, that's a little bit more difficult um, because there's so many really excellent players. Um,
0: you, did, did I you just say all the black women? That that, yeah, that covers a lot. I did.
3: <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, Double I did. Shade that's, is the best shade. I just I had to. Um. So, oh gosh. Um. Yeah. You know, I really love. I I actually am loving little co- little Coco Golf. I was watching her play with my I kid. Know. You know? And I was like, oh, she's so sweet. And. I know. It makes me want to put my kid on the tennis court more. Um, <laughs> oh, <yes>. All right. <laughs> I don't want to be that mom. I'll tell you that much.
0: Um I'm telling um, you, Coco is going to ruin the WT. She's going to drag those girls out. And when she gets on that hot mic, they better pray she don't win. Because when she has that trophy in her hand, she's going to be like, look.
2: She's going to be fists up. Let's roll. And I'm going to be right there cheering her on. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Thank you. We really appreciate it. And Aww. next time you come on, can you're welcome to come back on to just dish about tennis at any point, and you can get your list together. We will happily have you on, oh, and definitely. I'm sure hope, our listeners let's would. Let's
1: hope, right? Let's hope we can just have you come on and actually just be annoyed by a tennis match, <laughs> to a tennis <laughs> tournament again.
3: <laughs> that sounds like great fun. I yeah, so you don't have to annoying.
0: bring you don't have to bring work to fun to to the, you know fun <laughs>
3: I was you, you you got me before I could say Monica Sellis <laughs>
0: Oh, we love Monica. We love Monica. We love I, love, Monica.
3: I love her. I, I, I still get mad.
1: <laughs> you know what? She works hard to get over that because I that could have really taken her down a different road because wow. Yeah.
3: The trauma is the trauma's real, I have to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, love
0: Monica. I hope I, 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 you know, she's the one I want to come back on tour, not some of these people who I see. Like, let's bring this person to running around. Like, Monica is someone, you know, I would love to see on the tour in some capacity, particularly we'll talking strategy,
1: like listening yes. to her call matches. She's not, she's not someone that they ever asked to really do that. That would be really great.
0: Yeah, you, you need to get rid of Martina, just saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Dr. Yeah. Benton, you have just earned the right to say you're a Rafa fan in my book by just that look. Okay. When I was- <laughs> You've earned the right to say it's o- it. It's not right, but it's okay. We'll <laughs> take it <laughs> <again>. <laughs> so, Thank you so All much right. for being with us. We appreciate it. So fans, don't forget you can like, subscribe, button. You know, we're here. The podcast will be available soon. And thank Dr. Benton. She's available on Twitter. Um, I think it is at at
1: Ethnography
0: ethnography911. 911.
3: Oh, and you know what?
1: Next time around, we are going to actually really have you back to talk about this totally separate thing the Atlanta child murders. Oh. We, Reels, and I have been like going back and forth about that for a while and just kind of unpacking that. And so I know that that was something that you had kind of written about. And so I'm really, really excited to like think and talk through that again as well. Yeah. Oh, so many things, so many great things. <laughs>
0: So thank you once again. You are wonderful. And thank you for the work that you do, because it's such important work, um, particularly looking at, particularly when it comes to looking at black and brown bodies in a lot of these um, large and grand spaces. And my final word would be that to the general world at large, please understand philanthropy is not public policy.
2: Good night.
0: Philanthropy okay. <laughs> doesn't work. We cannot take the place of public health, okay? We gotta do the damn work. We just gotta. <laughs> just think. <saying. laughs> Good night.
2: <laughs> it's
0: true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.